actually want to look at chapter 5 if we can today. So Acts chapter 5, and I want to deal with something that's probably so simple, something that is so um, really just so probably elementary that we may be hearing this and saying, man, we needed something a little bit more fiery for a day like today. But maybe we will get there, maybe we won't. But I believe that the Lord has led, led me to want to preach this message about what the apostles did in the midst of their own spiritual, personal pandemic. So I want you to go with me to the book of Acts chapter 5. So Acts chapter 5, you can, you can go there. And I, I want us to look specifically at just, I think it's just one verse that I want to read, and it's verse 42. So Acts 5, verse 42. Acts 5, verse 42. It is so good to see everybody online. I want to tell a couple people, and I, I, I probably should not watch it right here, but I do so I can make sure everything's running okay because I don't want it to stop while I'm talking and then um, have to kind of start over. But um, I, I want to let you know that we're praying for you as a, as a family as an individual, we're praying that this um, outbreak would stop. We're praying that we can bring closure to this um, world. But also, I want to let a couple people know that I just, and, and you know, you always run danger to um, specifically point people out when you see them because you may leave someone else out. First of all, I want to let all of our elderly know we love them. We're praying for them because they are in the midst of um, this thing and um, they are susceptible to this even more than we are. Want to let those also in our church know that have preconditioned or pre-existing conditions that have to take special measures. Um, we love you. Um, we are praying for you. Um, I hope it's okay for me even to mention a name. We're praying for Miss Ellen. I love her, and we're praying for her as well. But as I look and see, um, Tristan, I want you to know we're praying for you too. In the midst, I don't know why you just, I, you just came up and I saw you. And I want you said Will is watching, so we will count him. But I want you to know we're praying for you, and we love you because this is a tough situation for you um, as well. But church family, we do. I may not have mentioned you. I just looked at names that came up on there. Um, but we love you, and we're praying for you. Um, if we can do anything for you, please, please let us know. Let's go to the Word, Acts chapter 5, verse 42. On the heels of persecution... These words struck me this past week, if not two weeks ago, as I was reading in the book of Acts. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to preach or to teach and preach Christ or Jesus Christ. One more time, let's read that. And daily in the temple and in every house... They ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. I want to talk to you just for a brief moment today. At they ceased not. They ceased not. Let's pray. Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray, God, that you would move, that you would bless, that you would heal, 
God, that your word would be sharper than any two-edged sword. And God, I pray that you would give, God, freedom to the preacher. God, I pray that you would give freedom to the speaker. And God, I pray, God, that you would allow, God, this message that you've burned inside of my heart to burn inside someone else. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And everybody said at your house in this church, and we even have some that watch it in South Africa. So in South Africa, say amen. Um, I want to look at this thought of they ceased not. It is hard at times to not give up. If you're at home and you know that to be the case, you can even right now say amen. It is hard to not quit. The old saying says it like this. It says that when the going gets tough, the tough get going. I remember as a young guy hearing this thought that if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen and different things like that. But I want to tell you there have been times that I wanted to quit. There have been times, not just in ministry or Christianity, but in other things that I thought about quitting. There have been moments where you and I have been on the verge of quitting something. Everyone's heard the famous um, speech that Winston Churchill gave or was supposedly had given and a lot of things are historically inaccurate about what he said but one thing some have said he said don't ever quit but or never give up but he actually said never give in in a short from what I saw some speculate 20 minute speech he spoke to this I'm graduating class and he said, never give in. It reminds me of a bulldog mentality. It reminds me of a mentality to where you say, no matter what, I am digging my heels in and I am not going to budge. We used to sing an old song in the church in the early when I was growing up and that song was basically, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Like a tree planted by the water, I shall not be moved. And so as I began to think about this, I was reminded about several stories. And the one that came to mind, not only the Winston Churchill, but as I have heard people preach and teach or study on the Navy SEALs, they tell me that there is a bell that they are supposed to ring that in their training that if they want to quit that there is a bell that they can ring and when they ring that bell that means that they are no longer in the program but they are out of it no one looks down on them people understand but it is a sign of quitting and giving up and today this is a message that tells the church to not ring the bell If you have rung the bell from time to time in your life, if you have quit this journey, if you have had life to hit you so hard that you wanted to eventually, or you wanted to give up and you did give up, you went out living a life that you know was very 
different to what scripture said you was to live. You've given in to the lies and the doubt and the, the worries of the enemy and you are no longer believing the faith, the truth, and the trusting that comes in knowing Jesus Christ and you have quit. Today I want to remind you that Hebrews 10, 24 still says after, the, after that all the way to the very end of that chapter he reminds us that we are not of those that quit. We are not of those that throw in the towel. We are not of those that lay it down and say we're no longer going to do this any longer. But we pick ourselves up and we keep on going and we move on because we understand that if God be for us, then who can be against us? In this chapter, the apostles have gone through so many things. The apostles have gone through persecution. In Acts 5, they had been persecuted. In Acts 4, they had been arrested. In Acts 4, they had been threatened. They, they, they endured so many dangerous times. But they had what I want to call today a mission. Everyone that grew up in the early, maybe 70s or so, remembers a show that would, I think it was Mission Impossible that would give you this, or I can't remember which actual show it was, maybe Get Smart, but they would give you these instructions and they say it will self-destruct in T minus 10 seconds and they would have to get rid of it. But that is not the mission that they were on. But you can go to all four Gospels specifically. I love Matthew 28. When Jesus on the ascension, on the the, the, the uh, precursor to his ascension, right before he goes up into heaven, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. I want you to say gospel at your house. I want you to say gospel in the church if you would. The gospel itself is simply the mission of the church. When you look at that word gospel, the word gospel is simply the good news. The good news that comes to the believer or to the human. But the apostles were told, you go into all the world and you preach the good news. And we look here in chapter 5 and we see that they were obedient and the Bible said that they ceased not to, to, to be faithful to be um, enduring and to hold on to the mission that the Lord, the captain, the pilot, the general had given to them. See, the mission that they were given did not say it was dependent upon the circumstances. See, before we get into anything else, you must understand that Jesus did not look at them on the verge of his ascension and say, only when it is good do you share the good news. But no, Jesus said, you go into all the world. And when I look at the teaching in Scripture, it is evident that this world is full of trouble. This world is full of 
of sin. This world has ups and downs. This world has some dangerous terrain. This world has some places to where we will feel the heartache of sin even in the believer's life. But Jesus did not look at the apostles. He didn't look at Peter, James, and John and say to them, you go into all the world and you preach the good news only when the good is good. But when it's bad, you don't have to worry about sharing the good news. But Jesus told them that you go into all the world and basically, regardless the situation, regardless the circumstance, be faithful to the cause, be faithful to the mission, and be faithful to share the gospel wherever you go. Say amen, somebody. So what is good news? Well, for me, good news would be if someone knocked on my door and said, you have won the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes. Back in the 80s and 90s, when Ed McMahon was doing that, it was the dream of so many that they would get the knock on the door. The good news for me would be is if someone said, Sir, we don't know how it happened, but you have inherited several millions of dollars. That would be good news for this human being. Say amen, somebody if you know what I mean. For me today in the midst of this pandemic, good news would be if someone got on the news yesterday or today or tomorrow and said the, the, the COVID-19 has been eradicated. Beauticians and everyone else and churches can get back to business as usual. How many know that would be good you say amen, somebody. I don't know I got people here, but I just, that's the only way I know how to do it. But when you look at the Bible, good news is not relegated to good situations. When you look at the Bible, the good news is shown up in Isaiah 61 when he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me to share the good news. In Matthew 4 and 23, the Bible said that Jesus went throughout the land and he declared good news. The good news, listen to this. I love how this begins to break down. The good news shows up at the birth of Jesus when the angel says, Hey, I bring you good tidings. It was good news. The good news showed up at the well when the woman had her bucket in John chapter 4 and Jesus said out of your belly will flow rivers of living water and the Bible said she loved the news so much that she went into the city and told others the good news of Jesus Christ. The good news showed up at the tomb when Mary Magdalene became one of the first evangelists that the Bible speaks of about the resurrection of Jesus when she sees the Savior's tomb is empty and is reminded that he is not dead but he is alive let me tell you what the good news of the Lord Jesus is the good news is that Jesus Christ is Lord say amen at your house if you would Jesus Christ was born of a, of a woman of a virgin Jesus Christ walked on this earth for 33 years and Jesus Christ died he was buried he was resurrected and now he 
reigns at the right hand of the Father. And good news is he will come again. But the greatest of that, it culminates in the fact that he did it all for you. That even though we did not love him, he loved us to the point of death so that this thing called sin could be eradicated. If you thought COVID-19 was bad, I want you to know there is a disease called sin that separates humanity from God. But thanks be unto God who gives me deliverance. It comes through Jesus Christ my Lord. And because he hung on an old right rugged cross, went to the tomb, rose from the grave, I can now accept him as my Lord and salvation can come into my life and I can be forgiven of my sins and on my way to heaven. And that is the good news of the gospel. Say amen somebody. And the enemy wants to come in so often and discourage us with the good news to make us think that it is no longer good because of what we are going through. But when we think about what we're going through, it does not change the good news of who Jesus is. The great commission for these disciples was not to go and depend on feeling. But the great commission of these disciples were to go and preach, go and to live, and go and to witness. See, how do you fulfill this mandate when life is unraveling? How do you fulfill this mandate when the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy? But see, we have been mandated by God that wherever we find ourselves, like they did in Acts 2, they preached. In Acts 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, they preached. They kept going. They kept pursuing. They understood that they had been given a mandate by God Almighty and it was to declare the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not the good, listen, good news and the gospel is not related to how much money you have, how good you look. It is not related to, to any of these earthly things. It's not even related to what you drive, what you live in, what you are wearing, how big your church is or how small your church is. The good news is not relegated to how many views you get on Facebook or how many people know your name. But the good news is about Jesus Christ saving a soul and making them ready for an eternal life with Him forever and ever and ever. The good news is not about you getting everything paid for. It is not about you getting the cancer or the AIDS or the, or, or the, the, the things that this life throws your way the heart trouble or even the COVID-19. The good news is not about that being removed. But I have good news to bring. And this is why I sing. For with Christ I am an heir. Let me tell you the good news is not that I'm going to be healed on this earth. The good news is not that I'm going to have a house that is three stories tall with a swimming pool and a Rolls Royce in the parking lot. But the good news is that no matter how bad it gets here, no matter how tough it gets here, I can be sick and maimed or in a jail cell but the good news is that one day Jesus Christ himself shall descend and he will call me to be with him forevermore. The good news is he came, he died, he rose and one day he is going to eternally 
change me. God, help me. I said I wasn't going to get excited. There's only about 10 people in here. And Lord, touch us today that we hold on to the good news. Oh, I'm going to take a trip in the good old gospel ship. I'm going far beyond the sky. The good news. God, help me. The good news. It changes lives. The good news declares to the lost that they can be found. That Jesus saves wretched sinners like myself. And heals me of a vile disease called sin. The good news declares that Jesus loves me. Please listen to me today. No matter where you've been, no matter who you've been with, no matter what kind of relationship you've been in, no matter what kind of junk you've injected into your veins or you have sipped with your lips, Jesus Christ loves everyone. Can you say amen to that? It doesn't mean that he loves you in your condition. He loves you as a child or a future child of God and he wants to save you and he wants to change you just like any parent does not want to see their son going down the wrong path. You still love him. You don't approve of the lifestyle so you want to bring him back in and change him and that is the good news of Jesus Christ. And the good news is that there is hope. You know, I think we lose sight of that word, hope. Not hope in work getting back to normal. Not hope that we will eventually get back to our favorite Mexican restaurant. Not hope that we will be able to go and do things that we normally do. But hope, listen, The reason that I know that all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose is not so I can be something here. But the scripture goes on to say it is so I can be something there. Everything is making me by the hand of God Almighty into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. And according to Colossians chapter 1 verse 27, Christ in me the hope of glory, not the hope of the world, not the hope of Donald Trump, not the hope of the Republican or the Democratic Party, not the hope of Greenwood, Mississippi, but the hope that I have is in Jesus Christ and in eternity with him. Say amen, someone. God, help me. Jesus, this message is that Jesus is freedom. He breaks you from every chain, every bondage, everything that Satan tries to ravish you with. And you're looking at someone that the enemy has tried to destroy with emotional and spiritual attacks. But I'm telling you by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are free. The good news is that in Jesus, we have the victory because of Jesus You can find yourself in the vilest of circumstances, the harshest of times. But if Jesus is your captain and Jesus is your salvation, you have the victory. Say it today. I have the victory. Would you say it at your home? I have the victory. 
the good news is he can transform a life. He can free the bound and he can forgive. Listen to this. The unforgivable Jesus Christ and the good news that comes along with that sanctified and saved life is simply that he is able to save to the uttermost. The Bible said that they ceased not. They ceased not. The way the Lord dropped this into my spirit is simply this way. We live in a good time, or or let me rephrase that. We live in a time where good times are equated to good feelings and good news. The disciples who had been called to preach good news. They had been called to preach the gospel. And as I began to think about this, I found conviction coming down on me because even in the ministry, we relate the good news to good times. We equal good news with good times. We have an understanding that when it's good, something good should be shared. How we feel usually dictates how good we seem to other people. It is no accident why a husband or a wife can tell when a spouse is in a bad mood mood usually you can tell by how they are acting or how they are reacting or how they are grumbling at times maybe if you're like me but we say how we feel is how we respond to situations and let me say this you see someone Hey, how are you doing today? We all normally do not tell the truth in that question. Because we usually always say, I'm good. And you may have a splitting headache. Or you may have fell out of the the bathtub and cracked your head on the toilet. I don't know. And you may be hurting and dizzy. Or you may be running a 100 degree fever. And you say, I'm good. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm fine. We cover that up, but every now and then you'll get someone that when you say, how are you doing today, they will just unload on you. And usually how things are going is how you respond. In fact, it is amazing how bad news can change a good mood. Please listen to me because I'm almost done. I said it is amazing how bad news can change a good mood. And it is amazing how good news, or it's amazing how bad news can change a good mood and how good news can change a bad mood. And let me tell you about it. We, we were expecting our second child, Matthew. And in that, that time, there, you've, for my church, you've heard me share this, but we all were excited in Mount Airy as we lived there. We were in a good mood. We, we were, in fact, this is one of the main reasons why when someone announces a pregnancy, I always have that moment of fear that hits me. 
this, this worry, this doubt. I'm, I'm at a shower and I'm thinking about 2002, was it? And, and, and we were in good moods and we were in good spirits and we were expecting a son and I was so happy because I had to endure Sarah and now I got a son and that was a joke. But as we were sitting there and, and, and we were just excited, I was thinking about all of the stuff I could share with him and the, 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 the things that I could give to him and with the, the, the sports that we could play together. And then one day as we were in good moods, we walked into the doctor's office and they hooked up that machine and they began to look for the heartbeat and there was no heartbeat to be found. Real quick as the doctor began to get nervous and began to worry about what was going on and we felt the worry and we felt the kind of nervousness that he felt all of a sudden the good mood turned into a nervous mood and then the nervous mood began to turn into a bad mood and we were worried and we were scared and it was amazing how the bad news automatically changed the good mood that we were in and so as we began to leave that place we began to think about the bad news that it changed our good mood and we began to think about the fact that he may not live and he may die or there's no heartbeat and that baby even in the womb may not be alive and they said you come back in two weeks and we'll see what we're going to have to do and if the baby regains or if the heartbeat begins to beat again well what we begin to do is at first I believe focus on the bad news but I was reminded uh, in my spirit I believe in 2002 as a young preacher that my hope was not in a, a doctor and my hope was not in a machine and my hope was not in any anything other than Jesus Christ my Lord and so we begin to pray and we begin to seek God and I begin to I believe tell God in my spirit I don't care what the bad news of this world reports I will believe your report the psalmist said that that some the report of the Lord I will re- believe the report of the Lord and so we begin to claim what God had promised us that he was on our side but I want to tell you it was amazing how bad news changed our outlook and we had to regroup and I want to testify to you today that if something had happened to my son I would have had to come to grips with the fact that it still did not change the good news and as you look into the scriptures you see that these apostles they preached in persecution they preached in death they preached in prison they preached in attacks they preached in hunger they preached when it was good and they preached when it was bad the good news was not good only when it was good times but when it was bad times it was still good news when Stephen was being stoned because he was preaching the good news he still stood up flat footed and said Jesus Christ is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings and I want to remind us today as the church we are not supposed to hold back the good news because we are in bad times we are not supposed to hold back the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ because we don't know what's going to happen next the fact of the matter is the good news of Jesus Christ transcends the times that we are in it can go into the jail cells it can go into the corona task force in Washington 
D.C. It can flood the streets. The good news of Jesus Christ isn't about whether or not we know what to do down here, but it's the fact that we know what he's done so we can be with him up there. My God, I declare it today. I will not lose out on preaching the good news even though I am in bad times. The apostles have been whipped. Singers, would you get ready? The apostles have been whipped. The apostles had been beaten. The apostles had been threatened. The apostles had been told, you better not preach this message of Jesus any longer. They had been discarded. They were ostracized. They were frowned upon by the religious circles. And they had a decision to make that in the midst of a bad time, whether or not they would still preach good news. They went through people lying to the Holy Spirit in Acts 6, I believe, or Acts 5, and they died. They lost one of their leaders in the church, James, brother of John, and they still preached the good news. Peter was arrested and put in the inner, in into a prison guarded by 16 soldiers and was broke free and he didn't run. He, in the midst of being in prison, still preached the good news. Paul, in the inner prison with Silas, not knowing how he was going to get out of it, still preached the good news in bad times. When Paul was told in Acts 21, I believe it was, by Agabus when he's at Caesarea at the, at the house of Philip, I believe. And they, it was prophesied that if you go to Jerusalem, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be arrested. The Bible said he still preached. When he was on a ship in the midst of a storm, dealing with everything he was dealing with and being broken to pieces and rescued on the island of Melita and, and, and got to the shore by the broken shoe planks. The Bible said that while he was on the island in the midst of a bad situation, he still preached good news. And in his final writings, one of them, he writes to young Timothy. And he tells him, he said, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. He still hung on to the good news. And I want to encourage someone today, do not throw the towel in. Our bad circumstances as a nation does not change the good news of the Christian. Wherever we find ourselves at, good, bad, 
are ugly. May we cease not to declare the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now.